Uh, right, hello and welcome to today's podcast. It's 17th of February 2020. Uh, this is Adrian Boothy here, Head of Trading here at Trendsignal. Uh, and in today's trading podcast, uh, we're talking about Tina. No, not hurricanes or anything like that. There is no alternative as the stock markets again move to new record highs last week in the US. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the markets, the impacts on the euro, the big slide we've had there. We'll be talking about the coronavirus uh, and we're also going to be talking about uh, in the defining trading section having a trading plan and I know that sounds a little bit boring but if you want to be a successful trader you need to have a trading plan and I'm going to get down and dirty with that topic a little bit later on. Uh, unfortunately you are still stuck with me for today. Uh, Jerry is on his way back from Australia as we speak but uh, he'll be back with us tuning in next week and uh, maybe he'll bore us with a few stories about all the wineries he's been to. But in the meantime uh, let's get into the markets shall we? And let's get into what do we know. So in the what do we know section, we talk briefly uh, about what happened last week, uh, what the impacts on the markets were, how the markets reacted to the various stories and headlines that are out there, and maybe how could we have known beforehand. So uh, let's get into it, uh, shall we? Let's talk about the moves and the markets from last week. To be honest with you, a lot of it has been about the uh, coronavirus or COVID-19, as it's now being called by the World Health Organization. Uh, um, WHO, which is always a bit weird when you see it written down. Markets continue to be wary of the potential impact of the COVID-19 virus infection. Global markets held their nerve last week despite the re-evaluation of the infection rates by Chinese authorities. As many commentators have suspected, the infection rate is higher than has actually been reported so far. The infection rate has jumped sharply, but this is uh, down to re-evaluation that does not signal an increasing threat of a global pandemic. Effectively, they've changed what the definition is uh, of how they count whether someone's been infected or not. Something actually uh, that the World Health Organization doesn't agree with the way in which they're calculating it now. But in any case, it is what it is. Um, uh, the mortality rate remains low, especially in the infections outside of China. Global stock markets uh, moved last week reflect a cautious but measured view on this COVID-19 outlook. Uh, let's have a quick look at the markets, shall we, and just see what was happening there. You can see on screen now the S&P 500, so the broad U.S. stock index, uh, starting the uh, the week here from the 10th of uh, February there, my, my son's 10th birthday. Um, rallying really sharply for the week up about sort of one to two percent um there on the u.s indices european markets uh were more affected by their respective currency moves to be honest so in the uk uh, the FTSE struggled as sterling uh jumped following the resignation of sajid javid uh and the subsequent appointment of rashi uh sorry rishi sunak uh, as chancellor sterling jumped as commentators quite rightly expect the new chancellor to be following the line from number 10 with expectation for cuts in taxes and increases in spending. Let's have a quick look at the pound. Uh, not huge amounts of moves there. Uh, bigger moves, very much so uh, in the euro uh, dollar there. Um, big move against the trend there. The more likely big sell-off there. We had a continuation. I called that live on YouTube actually last week, a week before last, whenever it was, there on the 6th of uh, February. 
Big moves uh, down on the Euro uh, last week there. Um, DAX was up 1.7% again on the back of further falls uh, in the Euro. So why does it have those moves? Why are we? It, it's down to the globalization of the stocks. It's down to earnings. It's down to the stock market being um, um, UK stocks being less attractive when sterling is high and so on. So it's that sort of thing. The Euro overall last week fell 114 pips against the dollar around just over 1%. Uh, the close on Friday night marks the lowest close in nearly two years for the euro following consecutive falls over the last 10 trading days. And the weakness uh, in the euro is most pronounced against the dollar and the pound, largely due to uh, poor eurozone data and the safe haven status of the US dollar. Uh, we've talked about risk on, risk off, that sort of thing. Uh, in previous weeks uh, and the prospects for the UK economy and the UK interest rates. So, uh, yeah, fascinating uh, moves there. We then cast our attention to uh, the likes of oil, which for some reason isn't in my list here. Let me just bring uh, those uh, in UK oil save. Uh, da, 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 da. So Brent crude, uh, big moves higher there. You can see a couple of decent moves on the charts there. Um, big move higher as we went through from the 12th of February, moving on nicely to the upside there. Staggeringly still up uh, with the longer term uptrend, even though we've had a massive pullback. But just goes to show uh, just how slow the monthly chart can move. But with the trend uh, moving on uh, nicely enough. Um, but yeah, big big moves uh, on the uh, the oil market last week in line with optimism. Shown by the global stock markets, although the recovery still leaves oil well behind January's peak following the US and Yuan, uh, Iran, Iran uh, spat uh, there. As for data <clears throat> uh, last week, Last week was lightish, uh, you'd have to say. Uh, we had the uh, Royal Bank of New Zealand uh, had their interest rate uh, announcement at uh, one in the morning on uh, well Wednesday morning, Tuesday night um, there, and it left it unchanged. Big spike in the New Zealand dollar there with uh, sort of guidance more more likely to have rate hikes than cuts uh, than before. Uh, so big movement there on the New Zealand dollar. A lot of those uh, New Zealand uh, pairs have eased back. I mean, you look at the likes of, um, just bear with me, uh, the likes of New Zealand dollar, for example, uh, really sort of easing back off that big spike there and then easing back down a little bit, testing back down there. So interesting to see how that one pans out over the next uh, few days. Otherwise, uh, really in the US, uh, core retail sales, bang on expectations, a bit of a bit of a, a nothing uh, kind of week. Uh, really. Um, but there we are. So um, let's have a look then at what don't we know yet. So here we're going to take a look at uh, the major events for the uh, week ahead. And there's a few bits there to keep us interested, uh, most notably, um, you know, interested or not interested, as the case may be. It's a U.S. bank holiday today. And that's relevant because it does have an impact on the markets. I mean, very often uh, what you will find is when you have a, a bank holiday, uh, there, let me just bring it in. Uh, bank holiday there uh, in the US. Um, you get thinner volumes, and what that means is that, uh, or thinner liquidity. That that means that there's not a lot of uh, depth in the markets, not a lot of trading, not a lot, not a lot of orders in there. If you think about a um, a football field that's normally you know stacked full of people who want to trade the market. Let's think of a marketplace uh, in your local hometown, um, and they're all selling apples and pears, and you've got about a hundred people there shouting orders at what they want to buy and so on. When it's a bank holiday, you get far less of them. You know, you get hardly any people are going to be trading it on a bank holiday. 
because you know the markets are closed, U.S. stock markets closed, and so on. So there's less liquidity, less volume of trading that's going to be done um, in terms of the uh, you know numbers of people uh, and so on trading it. What that effectively means is that the markets can still move, though. In fact, it can move on quite low volume. What that often means is that. With the U.S. on bank holiday, if this market decides to put in a really big day today and Tuesday morning, then often that move can be eradicated by the time you get to Tuesday lunchtime for the Tuesday open in the U.S. So what often happens is a little bit like, you know, not on my watch, um, guys. So if the Far East puts on a big move down or big move up, that often move is often eliminated come 2.30 uh, U.K. time for the U.S. stock market open. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a relatively common pattern. You can't set your watch by it or anything like that. But it's it's always an interesting to keep an eye out for. So don't be fooled by any moves uh, from today uh, necessarily. Uh, otherwise, uh, events for the week uh, that we have. Tuesday, uh, German ZEW economic sentiment uh, is a leading indicator. It's a little bit how we feel, how the economy feels at the moment. It will be closely watched as the German economy continues to struggle, having posted zero growth uh, in the last quarter. So they're expecting a number of 20 as opposed to a previous number of 26 um, and we'll see how that one comes uh, in on Tuesday morning uh, as for a Wednesday again it's not the biggest week uh, really this week uh, there's no really interest rate data and all that sort of stuff but Wednesday CPI inflation data uh, in the UK no chance of any pickup just yet we're looking at uh, year on year 1.7% uh, there, um, uh, with all prices, been slumping over the last five weeks. So we're really not expecting uh, huge numbers there, to be honest with you. Uh, FOMC meeting minutes. So whilst we don't have the decisions, we do have the minutes being released. So this is always interesting. That's seven o'clock on Wednesday uh, evening for, from the meeting minutes held from the uh, January 28th, 2019th meeting. This could help shed light on the next move for the Federal Reserve. So US dollar and stock markets will be sensitive to this. So uh, they'll be going through having a quick look at the headlines on this very very quickly at seven o'clock i would recommend not being in trades bang on seven o'clock um because uh, there's likely to be some movement afterwards you know yeah sure you know there's going to be some movement there there's going to be some volatility jump on the back of but give the market five to ten minutes uh to uh, sort itself out and digest the news first before you start getting uh, and jumping into the markets i would say as for Thursday, uh, UK retail sales, um, a rebound expected from last month's surprisingly weak number. Uh, but of course, elections and so on, it was perhaps a reason for that. But yeah, 0.7% uh, rise expected there. So when we talk about uh, what that's going to mean, if the number comes in higher than 0.7, so you would think, just so you know, that if it comes in as 0.7, that's as, expe as expected, you would expect the pound to not do very much, okay? Because it's come in as expected. That's what everyone's expecting it to do. That's what the, the, the um, uh, traders, the participants in the market had already factored in. It was a 0.7% rise uh, in retail sales month on month. However, 
If the number comes in higher than 0.7, effectively it means that the economy is doing better than expected. If it's doing better than expected, what are we likely to do? Are we more likely to raise rates to slow the economy down? Are we more likely to inject uh, to cut rates uh, to inject some speed and buying? We're more likely to slow it down. So, uh, so what you're uh, sorry to raise rates exactly to slow it down. So what you're more likely to see is the pound rise. So better data should be positive uh, for the pound. Okay, uh, so we'll. See see where that comes in again what you're going to find from a short-term day trading perspective the further away uh, any data point is from expectations uh, the more of an impact it's likely to have on that market I and mean, the more important the data and the further away from expectations the bigger the likely impact over the next sort of you know half an hour hour two hours something like that while it digests it because remember you know if, if everyone's position their portfolio to a 0.7%. And this is the same thing for employment data, manufacturing data, anything. People are positioning uh, their portfolios, their their funds, whatever, uh, according to that number. So if it comes in wildly different to that, then they can have to reposition their portfolios according to the risk that that then represents. Maybe they don't want to be long pound anymore. Maybe they do. Maybe they want to buy more of it. They're going to start to jiggle around their portfolios there accordingly if it comes away from expectations. Do you see? The good thing about economic data is and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this in tomorrow's um, uh, live screen share session you can call the desk about that if you're interested in that that's 01234 757553 if you want to find out about my live screen share sessions but basically economic data big things and you know when these events are happening you know therefore how to react to them and so on or, or when to react to them these are the points it's all there it's all in the diary. You know what's likely to have an impact on the market, so you can trade accordingly. I don't recommend being in the pound at 9.28 to 9.30 because, you know, who knows what that data is going to be. That's suddenly gambling. But from 9.34, 9.36, 9.38 onwards, yeah, sure, that might be well worth trading because there's going to be some volatility that we can jump on the back of. Okay, uh, what else uh, have we got uh, there? Um, finally, really for the Friday, uh, we've got Eurozone UK Manufacturing and Services PMI data. So quite a bit coming out there. So Purchasing Managers Index. So this is, uh, this is really useful stuff because it lets us know how uh, business owners, business managers are feeling about investing uh, and things uh, there. Uh, 50 is the magic number. So when you're Below 50 means you're contracting. Uh, when you're above 50, it means you're expanding. Uh, so we're looking for an expansion to 51.4 from uh, the, the French Flash Services uh, PMI. German Services looking positive. Manufacturing, however, continuing to uh, contract uh, there as well. So and you'll find in terms of the sensitivity there, of course, France, German, uh, and so on, the euro uh, numbers there pound numbers there uh, they can have big impact there as well and again in the US the US dollar the flash manufacturing PMI again expecting an expansion uh, 51.5 hey listen we shall see but look those are the main events uh, for the week quite a few bits to get our teeth into I would say if you said right gun to your head which is the most important one for the week I would say it is the FOMC meeting minutes simply because uh, everyone's going to all the interest rates in the US are one of the most important data announcements of the whole calendar I think they have 10 meetings a year and here we get really into the details of what they're saying what are these this panel this committee actually saying about interest rates which is going to have such a big impact on the global 
global world. So uh, it's going to be here getting down into the details uh, really of that. So um, what should we be trading? Well, uh, there were some big moves last week and, you know, particularly the euro pairs, uh, some massive opportunities really going on there. So I'm going to get into that. Uh, quite a lot of currencies really moving around um, and let's see where the action really has been. So I'm going to just bring my charts in and we'll start off with the euro dollar. So this is a trade which I've been starting a new series on uh, our YouTube channel. So if you just search for trend signal trading or trend signal uh, on YouTube, you'll find our channel there. Subscribe to it, like it, you know what to do. Uh, we post these podcasts on here as well. That might be how you found us. But anyway, I'm rambling a little bit. What we've got on here is um, uh, the euro dollar. We've got the sniper trade here. We've got a buy snipe here against the longer term trend. We don't like these unless we've got special extra reasons to take these because they're against this monthly arrow. See the red arrow pointing down. That's the path of least resistance. And what we ended up with, again, as per the video I put on YouTube a few days ago, uh, was a sell trade here on the euro dollar from the 6th of February. So I, I put the video out on the 6th um, uh, from a short from what was it? 109.80, something like that. 109.81, uh, uh, looking for what we call a continuation trade. What does that even mean we'll look on the left hand side of the chart the red arrows pointing down for the weekly and the monthly so effectively we're looking to get on a very well established trend so when you've got the weekly pointing down you've got the monthly pointing down it's a little bit like just jump on it just get on it um you know let's go with the tide let's get it riding us down and so on it was a lovely trade really nice move getting on that euro weakness there not interested in the buy because it's really high risk okay not really high risk it's higher risk um sometimes they're gone really well but they're you know they're not as they're not as good to trade overall they're fine but you can be selective these continuations though are very much the go-to trades trades with that monthly trend snipers with the trend uh, continuations with those trends as well really nice move and that's what we saw here where we're we looking at for the euro in terms of finding some sort of a base uh, well like, like I put in the, the earlier on we're looking at the news we haven't been down here for two years you know, there's support maybe, uh, you know, we've gone through that already. Otherwise, we're looking down here, the sort of 105.91 sort of level. So it's a long way to go uh, until we find support. So there's quite a bit of that going around. So we can't get too excited about euro dollar just yet. Don't buy it because it's cheap and all that sort of stuff. Otherwise, in the eurozone, we had a lot of other trades as well. So the likes of this uh, sell sniper with the trend on euro against the Australian dollar. Again, smelly on the first bar going against us. But look, it's a sell trade in line with that monthly direction look at the red arrow pointing down here that's what I'm looking for to resume that longer term trend and it was a really nice move falling uh, best part of uh, what 100 150 points or so um, a bit more than that probably uh, in our favor so really nice move uh, euro against the Canadian dollar was similarly actually probably bigger uh, moves there really so smaller move against the trend Bigger move down with the trend and a lovely sell trade uh, from the 7th of February. So keep an eye out for those. There will be some correction moves there coming. But again, you know, you look down at these markets. We haven't been at these levels for a long, long while. Last time we were down these levels on EuroCAD uh, was April uh, 2017. The next level of support really down at 141. Uh, so we've got quite a way to go before we go down and test those sorts of levels. Dollar Swiss. 
big move last week. Uh, so this one against the trend. And we talked about this in recent videos. Uh, in fact, I put a trade out on this one as well on YouTube a few days ago. I need to do a recap on that one because we've gone through and hit our resistance levels. Now we've hit our targets on this one. Really interesting move once again here because what you're seeing there is a move against the trend. It's against that red arrow. But interestingly, whilst we're buying it against the trend, what are we seeing? Higher high, higher low. We're starting to see the new pattern evolving. Higher high. Higher low, higher base, if you like, is starting to ratchet its way back up again, culminating in the buy at 97.45. Uh, and here we are. Look, it's not the fastest moving market in the world, but it's a decent, profitable uh, trading opportunity for us. Another market we talked about last week uh, was dollar CAD. And we can see how that's coming in again. Another one I put out on YouTube. And this is a couple of reasons for this. So two reasons why I like this trade. And it's really starting to come off. A bit smelly on Wednesday, uh, Thursday last week. Looking good Friday. Back to our entry point. And here we are today, Monday, uh, looking pretty decent. Why do I like this as a trade? Well, two reasons. Number one, it's in line with the longer term downtrend. Look at the monthly arrow once again. That's where the focus is. Go with trades that are in that trend direction. If you're going to go against that, you need different reasons. Like this one here, that was a higher low. Uh, okay, so you're starting to put in a new base. Okay, so you've got to buy off a higher low. That's interesting. That's good. That's worth taking against the trend. This one here. It's with the trend. We've got that additional reason. But if I just tighten the charts up a little bit, you know, not everyone likes to get into this sort of detail, but you can also see this resistance level here. So if that 132.27 there, it's tested that level. And this is where you can get into a little bit more in the technical details if you want to. You don't have to. You could have just taken the sniper with the trend and that's fine. But why would it reverse from here? Look at that dotted line, this number here, 133.27, okay, 133.2795. So what was the high? The high there, 133.29. It's gone through it by just over a pip. It's then come straight back down. It's rejected that resistance level, and that's then led to the sell trade. And a really nice sell trading opportunity that it's turning out to be so far. Now, we don't expect massive moves on dollar cap because it just isn't generally the fastest moving market. ATR, 48 points. If we can bag 48 points on it, I'd be relatively happy on that one. And I know it doesn't sound like huge amounts, but it's all relative, isn't it? You know, it's not a fast moving market, which means the stops are tighter and so on. So actually, 48 points compared to say 48 points on the Dow, you know, 48 points on dollar CAD is a decent sort of number really. So look, the point really being, when we're talking about what should we be trading this week, I think we're seeing some quite a few rotations coming in. Look out for those changes in directions and look to resume those longer term trends. Because what we've seen over the last few days, the last few weeks really, um, is some quite extended moves, okay? You're going to start picking up some decent reverse excuse me, reversals on those moves. Question is context, okay? So what should we be trading this week? Look for markets that are reversing, but look for reasons why you should then take that. Is it moving back in line with the longer term trend of the market? Is it bouncing off support or resistance? Okay, look at the chart patterns. Look for those additional factors that are going to give you confidence for that move. And if you have no idea what on earth I'm talking about, then maybe you want to get some training. In which case, go to our website, trend-signal.com, register for one of our live trading webinars. We'll teach you a strategy and we'll go into a bit more detail about how we do things and how we could teach you to trade as well um but that's really it so uh yeah fantastic 
So today's defining trading section, we're going to do a bit longer than we normally do. It's supposed to be taking a concept, defining it over a couple of minutes, that sort of thing. Uh, just help with your training, help with your education, that sort of thing. But this time, uh, we're going to look at a trading plan. So not only are we going to define what a trading plan actually is, we're going to talk a bit about, just for a couple of minutes, about what to include within your trading plan. It's a really important part of your trading. You know, if you don't have a trading plan or fail to plan is a, a plan to fail and all those sort of buzz for phrases that kick around. It is important to, to, to plan um, because, you know, if you don't have a trading plan, uh, then you're going to do all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff with your trading uh, accounts because there's there's nothing to hold yourself against, uh, basically. So so what is a trading plan? Well, basically, it's, it's, it's something that you write. Uh, it doesn't have to be this long, sort of ridiculous war and peace type of thing, but it's something you write down what you're going to do, how you're going to do it with regards to your trading, your rules, if you like, how you're going to do it, what you're going to look for for your trades, uh, that sort of thing, so that you have something to then stick to. You don't start going off on all weird, wonderful stuff. You stick to your plan, something that you've already researched, something you're already comfortable with, something you can then stick to and then apply for your trading account on an ongoing basis. And of course, you're going to review that trading plan from time to time. That's perfectly reasonable. But it's a bit like in business. If you're going to have a successful business, yeah, you could get lucky, but the best business owners are going to have a business plan. They're going to plan who their customers are. They're going to plan where they are. They're going to plan what their competition's doing, you know, what their budget is, how much they're going to spend on this, what the return they're going to get on that. All that sort of stuff goes into a business plan, their costs, their profit, their revenue, their forecasts, and so on. Why should trading be any different? Ultimately, if you don't have a plan, uh, you are sort of increasing the likelihood uh, of failing. Just like a business owner without a business plan is also increasing his likelihood of failing at this. So a trading plan, very simply, is a plan of what you want to do with your trading and how you want to do it and something you should then stick to. Now, getting into a bit of, bit of the detail, what should be in your trading plan? Well... What I'd like you to do is think about that. I mean, you can share that with us. So once you've written your trading plan, I'm going to talk about that in a second. But once you've gone through it, you've written your trading plan, why don't you send it through to us? You know, this is what I'd really like to to, uh, to find out from people. What's in your plan? Type it through to us. Send it through to info at trend-signal.com. So send it through by email. We'll have a look at it. And we, perhaps we can talk about it in future podcasts as well. And maybe areas of improvement, that sort of thing. Um, but I'd really love to get your feedback on that, whether you have a plan, what your plan looks like, that sort of thing. Now, in terms of what you should have in your plan, um, here's a, a few pointers, uh, basically. The sort of things that are in my trading plan. Number one is which timeframes am I going to look at? You know, I've talked lots of times about, you know, in webinars that the time frame you choose, to my mind, is probably the most important decision you're going to make because everything kind of comes off that. So once you choose the time frame you're going to trade off, i.e. the technical chart time frame, whether it's a monthly chart, a weekly chart, a daily chart, four hour, one hour, 15 minute, two minute, five minute, anything like that, you need to write it down. Just so you're specific to that. Because what you don't want to be doing is saying, okay, I've got a plan to do this. I'm going to trade on the daily chart. And all of a sudden, three minutes later, you find yourself looking at the one hour chart and sort of trading a bit more frequently, which wasn't really part of the original plan. So you're already going against what you want to do. And maybe the strategy is not suitable for that type of trading and so on. So Get it down. What time frame are you going to look at and stick to it? Which markets are you then going to trade? There's obviously uh, certain things you're going to get from that in terms of, you know, which markets are best for certain time frames. 
You know, the most liquid, the more volatile markets are the best ones on the shorter the time frame. The higher the time frame you go, the less relevant that really becomes. So you can start to look at wider spread markets and so on. What you don't want to do, again, is um, <laughs> have a list of markets you want to trade. And then all of a sudden you hear something from some guy down the pub, you're eavesdropping over some conversation. All of a sudden you trade some market that you've never heard of before. If it's not in your plan, don't do it unless you properly researched it yourself. How much will you risk on a trade? 1%, 2%, 3%, 1.5%? Again, write it down so that you have the model to making sure that you are managing risk effectively. How and when will you look to increase your risk? Now, of course, compounding, people talk about when they increase their account, they'll increase their trade size accordingly. That's fine. Uh, but how often are you going to do it? Are you going to check that? You know, what I mean by that is, are you going to look at that weekly? Are you going to do it after each trade every day? Are you going to look to review it monthly? Are you going to see how you feel? I mean, this is an important thing as well, because, you know, when you're looking at your trade size, your risk, your account might be bigger. Maybe you decide to suddenly love 20 grand into your account when it was a thousand pounds maybe and suddenly you're doing 20 times the size of your trades yeah that's fine in percentage terms as long as you're comfortable with those percentages and you're comfortable with the monetary value associated because one percent on a thousand pound account might be 10 pounds on risk on a trade whereas a one percent risk on a twenty thousand pound is 200 pounds maybe you're not so comfortable with that so again it's just about being being clear on what you want to do and just listening to yourself. Are you happy with the risk that you're taking? And if you're not, rein it back a little bit until you become comfortable. Get it in your plan. What's your entry strategy? What are the rules associated with your entry? What are the rules associated with your exit? So in terms of how you place your stops, your targets, are you going to use a trailing stop? How are you going to manage that trade once you're in it? Get it down on paper so so you're not breaking the rules and getting all caught up in the emotional side of it, the fury, the greed and so on. Uh, Feeling you've got to get in the market. If it doesn't meet the conditions of your plan, you're not going to take the trade. Because if you don't have a plan, you have no conditions and then you're more likely to do it uh, and do something a little bit weird. Um, How will you manage your trades okay so again what's your entry what's your exit what's your how are you going to manage those trades what is all of that going to look like put the conditions down maybe you're trading a a moving average crossover write it down i'm only going to trade it when the 20 crosses the 50 or whatever it is you know i don't trade that like that but you know you, you you write down what those conditions are so you've got something to hold on to what other factors should you consider before trading, before you place that trade? Um, if you're trading stocks, maybe consider whether they're about to have a dividend or whether they're about to uh, report their quarterly or half yearly results. Um, maybe consider if you're about to buy it, whether they just had a profits warning. Uh, if you're trading foreign exchange, uh, maybe about to buy um, a New Zealand dollar pair. <clears throat> uh, maybe it's worth checking whether New Zealand uh, uh, is about to have an interest rate decision. That sort of thing. Are there any major events uh, that are likely to be a factor? Is there support and resistance in the way? That sort of stuff. Just think about those things. Now, your strategy is going to depend on what, what you're looking at, of course. And you don't have to look at all of those things. But there are certain things you should probably be aware of. Economic data, corporate results are definitely factors, particularly um, when trading shares with corporate results and economic data, particularly on those shorter time frames or when you're just about to get into a trade. So we had it with... Uh, New Zealand uh, uh, dollar on um, 
was it Tuesday morning uh, last week, uh, they had their, their, the data announced. Uh, and that's fine. Um, would you have taken New Zealand dollar trades uh, just before that, um, you know, on a daily chart? Probably not. You probably want to sit down and just avoid it for the time being because it's just an unnecessary level uh, of risk. Um, and then finally, uh, how are you going to review your trades to improve your results? And this is something that I do uh, regularly uh, every month or six weeks, something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll set some time aside where I'll review my trades and I'll go back through and did I meet, did I match to my rules? Did I follow my plan? If I follow my plan and I'm making money, great. If I'm following my plan, am I losing money? Uh, okay, well, maybe I need to just check my plan. Is it is it still valid? Is it still functional? If I'm making money, could I have made more money? You know, could I have done better uh, with the trades that I placed? Do I need to tweak things a little bit there? So, you know, you've got to be looking at that and scrutinizing what you're doing because there's always improvements you can make. No one is ever the perfect trader. No one's ever perfect at anything, are they? They're always working on it, always looking to get better results. And that's got to be the same thing uh, with your trading as well. So there's a few ideas. Let me just summarize that very, very quickly about the sort of things that you should look to put into your trading plan. Number one. Which time frames are you going to trade and stick to it? Which markets are you going to trade? How much are you going to risk on a trade? How and when will you look to increase uh, your risk uh, on your trades? What is your entry strategy? What are the conditions you're looking for to identify a new trade? What is your exit strategy? How are you going to manage your trades? What other factors should you consider before trading? And how will you review your trades to improve your results? get it down on paper. And if you want to send that through to us, we'll very happily have a look at it. Send it through to info at trend-signal.com and we'll go through and we'll get back to you uh, with any feedback uh, and see if we can help further. Now, remember, this podcast is just the start and it's going to give you a really good entry for the week to make sure you know what's happening, what the events are, what to be looking out for and so on. Plus, also helping you with a bit of learning and education to get you on that right path. But if you'd like to know more about what we do, uh, we do run live trading webinars every single week and we'd love to see you online uh, so we can teach you one of our favorite trading strategies. I tend to present a lot of these myself. So if you're not already bored of my dulcet tones, then get yourself booked in and I'll teach you one of my favorite strategies, one that I've used for about 14 years now and continues to pick up great results for me and the people that I teach as well. So uh, what you want to do, if you want to book for a live event, go to bit.ly slash learn TS. So it's a short link, basically uh, bit.ly bit.ly slash learn TS. Get yourself booked in and we'll teach you the three simple steps to help boost your trading for our sniper trading strategy. Uh, and now, if you like the podcast as well, uh, what you can do is tune into future podcasts uh, in various different ways. Uh, we try and make this as broadly, broadly available as possible. You can listen to the podcast on Apple iTunes. Just search for the Trend Signal podcast and you'll find us there. You can listen to it on SoundCloud, on Spotify, or you can watch watch and listen to it on YouTube uh, or you can just simply go to our website to the rather convoluted uh, link there trend-signal.com slash trendsignal-blog so let me say that again trend-signal.com slash trendsignal-blog okay so uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you in future podcasts and have a great week's trading and hopefully we'll see you tuning in next time